all gone up here. No, I'm just kidding. You stay right there. <laughs> you know, they were telling me what a normal size kidney stone is, and I guess his is like, what was it, 10, 10 times the size of a normal, plus it has branches. So he's, he's growing a kidney stone tree in his in his his body so I know just I've never dealt with it but well I did I did, dealt with it one time and I know how painful it is and, and uh, so we're, we're going to pray for him he's got some other issues that, that God will God will touch but uh, let's just uh, take these needs before him Father in your name Lord we are believing tonight Father for all the needs that have been brought in this place Lord we bring them before you tonight knowing God that you are able Father, to bring healing. You are able, God, to bring deliverance. I pray, Father, for every hand that was raised in this place, God, that you would just touch, that you would just move and anoint right now, Father. In the powerful name of Jesus, God, whatever the need is tonight, Lord, I know, Lord, we put our faith and trust in you, and we are claiming it in the powerful name of Jesus. And I give you all the praise. I give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, we claim it tonight, God, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Why don't you just, uh, why don't you place your hand and, and face Brother Warren. We're going to pray for him. You know, I'm having trouble adjusting to this getting dark early stuff, but, uh, uh, you know, they say you can judge how cold the winter's going to be by the woolly worms that are crossing the highway. So I've been smashing everyone that I could, so I, I don't know if that works or not. <laughs> I'm just, you know I'm joking. But I'm seeing them come out, so cold, cold weather is right around right around the corner. I think first day of fall is tomorrow, and uh, leaves are leaves are changing already. The seasons are changing, but that's okay. I love fall. Uh, amen. Sister Sanchez, I'll talk all night. Because I won't talk all night. That's how that works? That's wrong. And you do have some announcements at the end, right? So I need to leave you time for announcements. 30, I know better. You're a preacher can't do announcements in 30 seconds there could be no announcements and it'll take longer than 30 seconds that's how that works good evening everybody we're gonna start tonight with a set of scriptures out of matthew chapter 25 we're gonna start at verse 31 when the son of man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats, 
and he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall this king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was an hungred, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee an hungred, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he also say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was an hungred, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee an hungred, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer unto them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Thank you, Brother Zachary. This tonight is going to be more of a practical talk practical talk about community outreach first of all I just want to say you try reading some of these and not get when I what when we when saw we thee and hungered and fed that you know, I went right through them too I'm surprised because I was worried about that I was very proud we're going to talk about this tonight because Saturday is coming. Who knows what Saturday is? The thing downtown. It's called, it's called Community Day. Thank you very much, Brother Mark. Appreciate that. It speaks to many things the way you did that. Community Day is Saturday. For the last several years, except for 2020 and 2021, we did a similar thing. We did it at a different place. We didn't do it on Block 59. We did it over in the, the pavilion down there. And we kind of did music. Sometimes there was preaching. Sometimes there was food involved when we could do that. And we actually met some folks through Community Day and through, it's kind of similar to Sister Allison's kids rallies, the Saturday part where we're just out there and we're meeting people, we're talking to people, we're getting information out to people. And I realized that not everybody is sitting in those leadership meetings and those department meetings to talk about what we're doing, why are we doing it. Good grief, I have better things to do on my Saturday. Why am I sitting there, as Andrew and Mark now are going to be there all day. Um, why am I... Why am I having to do that? Why are we trying to do that? And some people think, oh, that's nice. Isn't that sweet? Go meet some people. It's very sweet. 
You're very caring. We like that. Well, we hope that the idea is that we're caring. But we're not just doing it because we thought of it off the fly. It wasn't off the cuff. Let's, hey, let's go do this. There are some real reasons in Scripture about why we need to minister to other people. Gone are the days where cars that drive by are stopping and pulling into your parking lot because they want to come to church. It's not that they don't need God. It's not that they're not hungry for God. Hunger's there. But they have like 15 times more things happening all the time. They don't just have the radio to listen to, right? Now they're waiting for their phone to ding and they're waiting for this and they're headed there. There's a lot more things competing in their mind and it's just not happening as much. We have to be out. We talk about it all the time. Pastors preached it over and over. Brother Rick's been talking about it. Uh, Sister Allison talked about it some on Sunday that we need to be reaching people. And part of that isn't just my personal witness to someone, but this idea of reaching our community. As Christians, we are all called to a ministry. A ministry. Now for most of us, thank you, Jesus, that does not mean overseas. See, that would be a problem for me. I'm kind of a picky eater. I was always afraid the Lord was going to send me to some country where I wouldn't be able to eat the food, right? Um, That was going to be a problem for me. So the Lord saved me. Um, It also doesn't necessarily mean preaching from a pulpit. For most of us, more often, this living for Christ means serving our coworkers, our neighbors, our friends, and our family. Jesus called us to reach our Jerusalem, our community where we live, even as we and others go to the ends of the earth. Acts 1 and 8, everybody probably knows this one, says, But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. It was the closed places, Jerusalem, and the outer places. So even though we're not the missionaries going out, We do have our local communities that we need to be reaching. Whether you work at the church, full-time, one-day pastor, um, right? It's going to be one day. Uh, Or you're working at a department store or or furniture store. I'm sorry. I don't know why. I should have went right for the furniture store. Or in an office somewhere. It doesn't matter where you are. He calls us to live for him in all circumstances locally and as we reach out. But in our increasingly disconnected culture, engaging our communities seems intimidating and sometimes even seems impossible. So how do we broaden our ministry beyond our friends and family, just those people that we're real close to that we talk to more regularly? Jesus gives us some pretty specific direction on this in Matthew 25 that we just read. This was before the Passover and his crucifixion, and he visits the temple, and he's teaching these listeners and responding to their questions. And he gives a lot of the lecture in parables, you know, those stories that they they make a point, but they weren't necessarily, like, literal. But then this final lesson here, he doesn't phrase it like a parable. You know, it doesn't say, this was likened to the man who, no. There's a king, me, and if you've taking care of the least of these, 
you've taken care of me and you're gonna come to heaven with me and if you haven't you're not taking care of me and you're not going to come to heaven with me right it's kind of literal in, in those those verses uh, he describes his return to glory when he's going to judge all humanity and in his description of the event the only distinction he makes right here between the righteous and unrighteous is whether or not they've cared for the marginalized people in their communities now that makes me think who did I blow off this weekend at Walmart when I was oh wait I didn't go into Walmart okay the weekend before um you know you you think about who have I maybe not talked to who have I maybe pushed aside the souls invited into the kingdom of God he says are those who feed the hungry visit the sick and imprisoned and show hospitality to strangers we talk a lot about, hey, when, when visitors come, let's, let's let them feel loved and let's let them feel welcome. That's not the only place we meet strangers as Christians. That can't be the only place we treat those visitors like they belong. We should be treating other people like that as well. Oh, and people so don't have any of this down. Myself. Okay? Totally preaching to the music director going to say the choir, but which is the music director. Um, I get this stuff wrong a lot, which is why I have to have the reminder, which is why we try to focus so hard on these community days. And it's hard not to think of them as, oh, good grief, more work. I don't want to do another practice tonight. We were for here for an hour last Wednesday night. You music people, if it takes us longer than 30 minutes tonight, heads will roll. Okay? Just saying. They're the easy songs, and you're not even here for it. Brother Gary, I think it's just you and me in here now that I think about it. Can we be on that page? 30 minutes tops. The young people, they just got to get on board. All right. It feels like work. It's just more work. What do you mean, Sister Sanchez, you want these tables put out there? What do you mean we've got to move the sound system? What do you mean I need to order signs? By the way, well, I'll let Brother Kyle announce the signs. What do you mean I need to have all this stuff done? Why do I have to worry about those songs again? Why do I have to put crafts together? Because it feels like work. And part of that is because we're too busy. We let ourselves be too busy. And so when we try to do the God work part, it feels like work work. And so I have to remind myself, these community day things, there's a purpose. There's a reason we do these. The second, first or second year, maybe it was the third year we did this, a young man came. We met him that day. He came to church for a while, came to Bible studies for a while. He has since uh, moved on to another church, but everything that was planted into him is still there, can still grow. He has a new family, and we don't know where that could grow with him. That was a lot of work that day, but we planted seeds in one person, right? And in the balance of things, that's worth it. In the balance of things, that is our purpose. He further states that anyone, that when anyone cares for the least of these, he or she is caring for Christ himself. These aren't just acts of charity. We're a helping hand to needy people, those that Jesus identified with. 
With this assertion, he demands that his church reach out to the hurting and broken members of society. In 2020, a Christian research firm called Barna Group published some data, so this was just two years ago, showing that one in four adults in the U.S. believes that the church should lead the way in solving community problems. 20, about 25%. Further, one in three practicing Christians stated he or she looks to the church for help in crises. But only 7% of non-Christians sees the church as a primary source of community assistance, instead saying that they, they rely on the government or individual citizens for their providers of aid. Um, fortunately, we have a lot of opportunities to change that perception. In the wake of COVID, um, society, there's just so much need. There's just, not that there wasn't before, but I think we see it more. I think it's visible more that there's, there's people in need out there. And I'm not just talking about finances. I'm not saying we should be buying groceries for somebody every week or we should be paying to have somebody's car fixed all the time, although the occasion may come where you may have opportunity to do that for somebody. But even depression, you, you hear a lot of stats about how depression is one of the most crippling long-term effects of COVID-19. And that's not just people who got it. That's just the people who live through it. Those are needs that we can meet as individuals. And it doesn't cost you a thing other than a few minutes, maybe, or a little bit of your time. Some consideration. We were talking last night in a training session about listening. I'm not the best listener on the planet. It's, it's just the truth. Um, just, just get to the point. Tell me what you need to tell me. And then we move on. I don't need the backstory, and I don't always need the justification. And if I do, I'll come and ask. Um, but there are people out there who needs somebody that's a better listener than me for these types of needs that we need to be reaching. According to the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities, approximately 20 million people in the U.S. are living in households that didn't have enough food to eat, and 11.4 million adults were behind in the rent payments in 2021. In a month's... No, this was a three-week period in the middle of 2021, one in seven adults with children said they didn't have enough food for their families, with 77% of those saying they couldn't afford it. Whether providing... Now, if you're like me, and some of you are, your mind instantly editorialized that. Oh, yeah, but they can afford other things. You don't have to shake your head, yes. I understand. I know. I know you did. Because I did. That's who we are. That's how we think. We got we to gotta get better at not thinking that way. Maybe these people truly, all 77% of these people, maybe really didn't have enough money for food. I don't know. Maybe it was half. Maybe the other half were busy buying new wheels for their car. I don't know. But there is still a need, whether it was 77% or 30% or 10%. Okay? Still a need. Whether providing financial assistance, establishing interim lodging, or stocking a free food bank, the local church and members can and should provide solutions to societal problems. Now, there are some things that you can only do when you have numbers. I think we can all understand that. 
if you think about your own checkbook, only certain things you can do with your house and your car because you're limited with what you have. Maybe we can't afford to open a food pantry, but maybe once in a while when you're getting groceries, you might spend an extra 10 or $20 at Aldi's or Walmart and go drop it off at one of, we have several in the area that you could give to, okay? Um, or ask pastor, hey, do you know somebody who's needing some help? I don't need to know who they are. Just if you know somebody, here's the groceries. Can you make sure they get them? Promise you, he would be glad to take that 10 or $20 worth of groceries to somebody. Um, we can't all have an extra bedroom set up where people can come and just live with us, okay? But we can still provide help where we can. Community reach is often focused on providing physical needs, but it also creates a path to fulfilling humanity's greatest spiritual need, which is a relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, ultimately, this is going to sound, you can be sick and have a relationship with Jesus Christ and go to heaven, spend eternity with him. You can not have enough food, you can be living bare minimum, and rapture can come, you can go to heaven and live for him in eternity, you know. Um, there, that's the thing we can't live without, is that relationship with Jesus. This author, Stephen Viers, wrote a book called Loving Your Community, and he emphasizes the necessity of keeping evangelism at the center of community outreach. There's often this debate about how much is our community outreach with a hook or not. And what that means is, do we do it and make sure our name's on everything and that we are always include an invitation while we're giving that help? Or should our outreach be no hook? We don't even mention what church we're at. We just, I'm just here to help you. I'm just, I love Jesus and he loves you and I want to help you. And we don't even go to that place. A lot of debate back and forth about that. And you can, we can debate it till the cows come home. Um, which apparently a lot of my students didn't understand that particular phrase the other day. I used it in a class with 90 students and they looked at me like I grew an extra head. Apparently they haven't heard till the cows come home. Not saying I understand what it means, but I've heard it all my life. Um, we, if you're gonna invite somebody to church while you're helping, that's great, but it would be bad for us to say, I'll only help you if you'll agree to come to church with me. Now you're in manipulation and coercion and you're giving us a bad name and just I'd, we'd rather you not, <laughs> okay? Just help them because you love people. Sometimes that's fine. Now, the thing we're doing as a church, our name's on everything. Our logo's on everything. Our logo, Brother Zachary got us this great sign for the water at the back of the, the <laughs> it's like the size of the tent at the back. And uh, it's got a map of the city on it, kind of in the background, the watermark. I mean, it's beautiful. It's got our logo on it, and sponsored by Truth Tabernacle. That's great. Nowhere, you know, does it say, this is a United Pentecostal church where you must do this, 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 and this. Just got our name on it, right? Some recognition. Um, and that's because we're doing that as a church. We are, we are sponsoring an event. That doesn't mean you have to do that every time you help somebody as an individual, okay? 
you can give them a card, but sometimes you're just helping somebody to help somebody. And you're showing them the love of God. That alone is a huge work. For some people, it'll change their lives. For some people, it will. So that story Sister Allison told Sunday about the person who came by that Sister Rachel had talked to and came by later and said, I was you know, going to commit suicide. Can save a life. By engaging in outreach evangelism, the body of Christ can bring God's love into every community, fulfilling the prophetic proclamation of Isaiah 61.1, which says... The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. So this scripture, maybe not so much that hands-on stuff. The other one was, they were hungry, feed them. They were without clothing, clothe them, right? A lot of that physical stuff, which can be part of it. This one's a little more on that more spiritual, non-tangible side. Lifting up the brokenhearted. Um, opening of the prison to them that are bound. It's not like you're going to get somebody right out. But a lot of times those folks are buried, completely submerged in depression. Their fault or not, doesn't matter. There's depression on them. There's fear on them. Whether it doesn't matter why they're there, those are not of God. And they, we can still lift them up. That's where some of that letting them be set free. I maybe can't get them out. I can't I don't have new evidence or something. But we can help lift them up while they're in prison. Who's, did we hear, did I hear somebody's thing about maybe trying to do something with a prison ministry in the area? Okay. I know Sister Kayla Reynolds down in, uh, where are they? Is it Sparta? I don't know, they're down, Alney, Alney, that's it. They do a prison ministry. And there's no puffing up about that. It's, let's go and minister to some folks. You know, I don't, I don't need to know why you're here. I need, to, I need to show you the love of God. I need to help bind up the brokenhearted. The good news is, We've all been brokenhearted about something. We've experienced it, and God has bound us up. So we have experience in that. So it's easier to um, connect, maybe, with someone on that. Um, We've been captive. Maybe not physically, but we've all been captive to something. And God has given us liberty over those things. Again, something that we can relate to somebody with. So there are some hands-on ways that we can, as Truth Tabernacle members, Body of Christ in the city of Pontiac and Cornell, I'm trying to keep everybody involved here. I forget we have the Cornell faction. Um, Some things that we can do even if we can't come and participate Saturday at a community day. If you can't come. Now, if you can, if you can, and you can even just come and at, for an hour, sit at one of the tables. Give Sister Debbie Lamb a break for a few minutes while she's manning the ladies' table. Or go help with some of the kids at the craft. Whatever. Come and join us. That would be great. But if you can't, there are still other ways, and those of us that are doing it 
more ways later on that we can do things. One of them. People, these, these aren't about church. There's nothing about church in, in these. Volunteer with a local nonprofit. What in the world does that have to do with coming to church? Volunteer at a thrift store. A lot of them are not-for-profit stores. A homeless shelter. There are some in Bloomington. Children or adult literacy programs. Your local library may have something like that happening. Food pantries. They need people to run these things because they can't afford to pay people to do it. Okay? And I can guarantee you, from what I hear, Bloomington APC has a big pantry that they do. And there are some people who are just doing it all the time because they don't always have enough volunteers to give them a break once in a while. When you sign up to help a local charity or not-for-profit, you are building relationships with people. That is part of our mission statement. We're building relationships with God, with our community, and with each other. Because if all three of those are connected, then we're getting them connected to God. Um, people that you serve, the people you work with, both ways. So I go and volunteer somewhere. Me and the other volunteers, you don't know what kind of conversation you're going to have that day. Man, we had a great time at church the other night. Then we got to laughing. Church is fun. You, you may not want to tell them why we were laughing because who knows? It could have been a crazy thing. But, you know, church is fun. And church is powerful. We have good services. You, you don't know how that might come up in a conversation. As you establish relationships, you can invite your new friends to church. Maybe not the first time you meet them. You know, maybe not. You feel that out. God will help you figure out who's hungry and looking for something. It may not be the first time, but maybe three or four times later, you might be saying, hey, you know, we got this thing happening. Um, invite them to church, or maybe you're going to do a Bible study. Volunteer-based organizations need all the help they can get. And it's not just their job to do it our job too. Number two, serve your neighbors. We all have unique sets of gifts. We have taught on that. I have taught on it several times. Um, We understand that we all have gifts for things, knacks for things. So maybe you're going to um, help an elderly neighbor with some yard work. Not so they'll pay you. There's nothing wrong with that. If they say, hey, can you come and I want to pay you for your time because I want to help you earn money to something, that's great. But I'm talking about helping people. Be that person. Okay, this isn't going to be me because I physically can't do it. Young people in the room. Okay, there are two of you. (laughs) Be the person who in the winter is out there shoveling all of the driveways up and down a block. And nobody even knows you did it. You just came in and did it. Be that person. Be that masked man. Who was that? Okay. Who was that? Um, orchestrate a neighborhood event. Have a cookout, concert, a block party. Help a neighbor repair their home or vehicle. Not probably not you. Um, just say it. Just say it. I've heard your stories. Too many stories about how you don't know how it goes. Uh, too many stories. <laughs> Bring meals to a family that just moved into the neighborhood. Or you heard 
you were maybe in a store and you ran into somebody who lives a couple of houses down and you heard they've been sick. Somebody just had surgery. And so you take them something. Now, I, I get it. In 2022, it can be kind of a rocky road there. Sometimes, uh, especially with COVID going on, and I think that's ramped up our insecurities about any kind of thing other than just COVID. So maybe you're not going to make them a casserole. I don't know. It depends on how well you know them. They may not eat it, is what I'm saying. Maybe you drop by and say, hey, here's a $10 gift card for pizza. Order a pizza for the night. You know, don't, don't cook tonight. Just order a pizza. I, I don't know. I'm just, these are just ideas. Okay. Another thing you can do, start a Bible study. Nobody's, nobody said amen. Nobody said, yeah, I'm going to do that. Nothing. Start a Bible study. I don't have anybody to teach. Start a Bible study anyways. Hey, post on Facebook. You know what? What night of the week? go? Oh, what night? Oh, maybe a Monday night. I don't know. I'm trying to pick a night. On Monday night, folks, from 6 to 7, I'm doing a Bible study at my house. Tag some of your friends in town. Say, hey, come by. We're just going to maybe pick a scripture we're going to talk about. Okay, it doesn't have to be search for truth. It doesn't have to be exploring God's word. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. Get them to come maybe more as a relational, social kind of a thing. Get them involved. It's just an idea. Okay, trying to give you ways to reach out to the community outside of just being there on Saturday to help us. Although you want to come and help us. But many of you can't, and I already know that. Open your group to, open your Bible study group to your community. Encourage everybody to bring a friend. Hey, we're doing it in my living room. It's not going to be at the church. We're doing it in my living room. When you volunteer to lead a Bible study, you're providing others with a safe, structured place to explore God's word. You don't have to have all the answers to have a Bible study in your house. Did I just take away your big excuse? I can't do that because what if they ask a question? Okay, first of all, in the good old days, you could just say, you know, I'm not sure. I'll write that down and I'll get you an answer. Today, give me a second. Text the pastor. Hey. (laughs) Or text Brother Rick. (laughs) You could even text Brother David or Brother Zachary or Sister Allison. I mean, you know, you kind of know what kind of questions they probably can't or can't answer. Um. You don't have to have all the answers. Maybe your answer is, I, I don't really know what that really is going to involve or about. Maybe we should both study some more. Let's pray about it. I'll try to ask my pastor or somebody about it. You you ask your pastor, because they're probably going to a church somewhere. See what your pastor has to say about it. Let's come back together. Then you might start seeing where there's some parting of ways, and maybe you can show them, well, no, no, it, it's really more like this. right? Could be. Could be a thing. Other ideas. Talk to your friends who are teachers or in the child care business. Now, I'm not saying you need to know every student's life story. But these people, they know what's happening in your town. Those kids are in their classes. They know who's having trouble with parents, with divorce. They know who doesn't have enough food to eat. They know when it's a situation where grandparents are having to raise them because mom and dad are in rehab or in prison. They know 
what's going on in town. And maybe you talk to them and say, hey, you got three or four kids, just, just first names, Bobby, Joe, Mary, and Sue. Two boys, two girls. Yeah, okay, I made sure I got two. I wanted to be even there. Bobby, Joe, Mary, and Sue. Um, give me some names, just some first names of some kids who have some situations I could pray about. And what are those situations? Again, I don't need every detail, but um, are they, do they have a food insecurity issue at home? Not enough food, not enough money to provide food, something I can pray about specifically. Is there a divorce situation that I can pray for? Okay? And start and, and let them know. Every once in a while, a week or two, hey, I've been praying for your kids. I've been praying for these kids. Maybe a month or two down the road, you ask them for some more names. These are the people who know what's going on in your community, teachers and the child care providers. Okay? And they're, they know it because they get it honestly. You may, you may know their parents and you don't know what's like the parents of these kids, but the parents of these kids that we meet and work with aren't telling us the truth. Most, you know, they're hiding stuff because they might be embarrassed about a situation or they don't want to just share their stuff. Kids are like, mom and dad were throwing iced tea at each other last night. Dad moved to the motel and, you know, the kids, that's what they do. Just wait, I don't have any. Thank you, Lord. Bless you. Um, and then when you have that prayer list, share it with a few people. Ladies, if it's one of you, contact the rest of the ladies and say, hey, here's three or four kids we need to pray for. Here's the situations. Um, guys, get a hold of Brother Rick. Say, here's some prayer, some things we need to pray for at men's prayer one night. I know that we talk a lot about ladies being the prayer warriors for children, but these men want to pray for our children too. And they want our families to be strong too. So they're going to be just as happy. Brother Rick would be thrilled to be able to say, hey, we, here's, some, here's, here's some very specific needs, men, that we need to pray about this week. Okay. Share them. Another thing, think about where you live in town. Think about your neighborhood. Or like, like you live in a building with a bunch of people, right? Think about where you are. Mark lives in a similar apartment kind of situation. Actually, Sandy, you do too, now that I think about it. I think the condo kind of is being separate sometimes. Um, think about where you live. Think about your neighborhood. Where's the nearest church member to you? Okay, so like to us, I think the nearest church member is probably Zachary and Carissa, if I'm thinking geographically. Okay, so somewhere between me and them, that's my area that I need to be praying for. That's my section of town that I need to be praying for. If you have to print of a little piece of the map. You can go out on the Pontiac.org website. They have maps. I've been on them for a week. It's great. And you can blow up like your area, your neighborhood. You can cut and paste your section and print it maybe. Put it on the wall. Put it in the kitchen. Wherever maybe you do family devotion or your own prayer time. If you have kids, this would be a great way to get them to learn that we need to care for and pray for our community because it's right there in their face. This is our neighborhood. It's not that we don't pray for people outside of it, but this is, God didn't put you where you live by accident. Feels that way sometimes. I did not plan buying that house. Didn't plan it. Brother and Sister Howe had to practically talk me into it. Practically. Um, was, that was not my plan. I mean, I like the house, but it happened really, really fast and really, really suddenly. And you know me. I don't do really, really fast and really, really suddenly. 
with anything, right? I need six months to think about it. So where you are is not by accident. The circumstances that have led you to where you live, God's got you there. You've got an area to reach. Um, The last one is develop a list, a prayer list of five people in your life. Now, these may not be neighbor people. These may be people you just know, acquaintances. Maybe they're prodigals or people who've never been in a Pentecostal church or known truth at all. Make a list of five of them and start interceding for just those five for a month. Just, just those five for a month. Get your heart set on, I need God to reach these people that are in my sphere somehow, my acquaintance, and that will help you as you move forward, start thinking about others the same way. I need to reach those people in my acquaintance. Then it becomes every person you meet is somebody we care about and we need to try to reach through prayer, through actual hands-on help. Um, Sister Allison was talking about tipping on Sunday. I love that conversation, by the way. Um, I haven't paid a regular tip in three years, two years, 20, 20, 20, three years. I always tip over, not because I'm, and I don't even really need to calculate. I just don't think about it that way. I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm paying $10 for this, and this person just put in a lot of work for me, being rude or not, it was right or not, I'm probably going to put five or seven bucks on there. I'm just going to do it. I, I don't think I always, what is that? 50 something like that. But I don't think of it in percentages. I'm thinking they're going to be happy that they got something extra today. What if that rude, unhappy person is one of those 77% that truly cannot afford to feed their family regularly? And the only reason they're making it is because of food banks. Thank God for those, the ones that operate here in town, the ones in the area. Thank the Lord that people are doing that. Maybe that's the only way they're surviving. Okay? And they're beat down. And they're knocked down. And they know they're going to go home that night and they still can't feed their family. So that's that's just part of this too. Okay? It's not about do I owe them something. If you tip people because you think you owe them something, you need to get a new attitude before you go to that restaurant. You owe the bill. You owe what you, you know, you pay for what you ordered. You owe that. But we need to have a heart for people. All right. So I'm not going to ask for hands because I already know kind of who is and who isn't going to be there on Saturday. But if you're not, please be doing a couple of things for us be sharing it on Facebook. I think several people have already shared it, so you should see it somewhere in your feed or go to the Truth Tab page. You can see it there and share it. Please share it. If you need to tag people you know in the area, do so. The other thing is pray for us. We need the weather to cooperate and all of the electrical people in the room say amen. We need the wind. We need a a slight breeze so that it won't be too hot but the papers won't blow all over the place and the tents won't blow away, okay? Pray for that, so specifically weather. And then pray for the people that we talk to, that we can make a connection with. We, we always go into this 
We mentioned it last night. We can reach one person. One person. Because we don't know who they know and what could come of that. So we're going to reach our city again this weekend, and we're going to continue to do so after this weekend.